This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, friends. This is Annie Grace. Sorry, I tried that, had internet issues, so hopefully I've reset the modem and this will work. I am the author of This Naked Mind, and I am answering readers' questions, and today's question comes from Amy. Amy says, my question is, how do you deal if you quit drinking but your spouse hasn't? Also in social situations, it's generally fine at first, but then you see everybody getting really intoxicated and annoying, and how can I deal with that? Any advice? So first, Amy, let's talk about the spouse. I think that it goes without saying that every relationship demands compromise and adaptation to change. And your change to stop drinking is honestly a huge change with lots of ripples throughout a lot of your marriage, especially if you both drink a lot together. So I think that the um, expectation that your spouse would change with you is an expectation that can be a hope, but it shouldn't be an expectation and it shouldn't hinge on that and I know that this might not be kind of the most popular thing to say because we'd all like to change the people that we're married to in some regard but I think that your focus really should be on keeping your marriage whole and healthy and open and honest and communicative through this change rather than the focus should be on changing them and and that's for a few reasons first of all I believe that your chance of changing your spouse is much better infinitely better and definitely from my own experience when you have an open honest accepting relationship where they don't feel judged where they don't feel like you're looking over their shoulder and where they feel accepted just as they are that encourages self-reflection where if you are um, kind of looking at them in a different way now and judging their drinking or even questioning their drinking that's gonna encourage defensiveness. So I actually think your best chance of having your spouse come to the realization of wanting to change is through complete acceptance and complete lack of judgment. Um, And I think number two is that the truth is that any change that we make for somebody else is never going to stick. I have a good friend and she's sober and it's been about seven years for her now and she's on the dating circuit and so she starts dating somebody they really like each other and she says well i'm sober and i i don't really want to be in a relationship with somebody who drinks and most guys at first they say okay well that's cool like alcohol isn't that important to me and so i'll just stop drinking and then almost inevitably she catches them drinking and the truth is that i don't think that that change unless it comes from a place of the individual wanting to change and the individual desiring a change within themselves for themselves change for another person even if it's the spouse is usually not long-lived there has to be something more to it than that so so really truthfully you probably think you might want them to change for you but you want them to change for them and so what you want to do is foster an environment where they become open to their own self-reflection. And I think that is best done in a few ways. And first of all, like we talked about, complete lack of judgment. And and this is hard because, you know, it doesn't feel like judging to want to share this and to want to be a bit of a zealot about it because you're free, you're excited about it, you see something they don't see, and you know that if they could just see what you see, if they could just feel what you feel, if they could just know what you know, 
about alcohol, like they would have this same freedom and it would just be bliss and, and you know, roses all into the future. Um, and so you want this for them in a very profound and selfless way. You want this for them. But that can manifest in ways that make them feel uncomfortable because they don't see what you see. They haven't had the aha moment. They haven't seen the light, so to speak. And so by you um, giving advice, especially unsolicited advice, it can feel judgmental. I mean, even at times, especially with friends, just you not drinking can feel judgmental to people who are drinking because it does encourage that self-reflection. But I think that's the only way you should ever judge is just by elevating your own behavior. And then the word judge even is dropped from that scenario because actually you're you're not judging, you're just being true to yourself. And by that, if that encourages self-reflection, it's kind of the right kind of self-reflection. Again, this is obviously just my opinion. But I think second um, is really making sure that you've accepted yourself first. Make sure that this is your path and that you're doing this for you and that, um, and you know, again, this is gonna be kind of unpopular, but give him a break because the truth is that you are in the minority and it's a beautiful, life-affirming, amazing, incredible minority, but most of the Western world drinks. So for him to drink, isn't that abnormal? Um, it probably feels abnormal to you right now, again, because you see all this great stuff, but just by realizing how normal it is and how brainwashed we are, it can hopefully help you extend a little bit of acceptance and grace to him. Um, again, because you're accepting yourself, you're realizing that you are in the minority, you're realizing that this is um, a journey and that it is not for you to necessarily dictate another person's change, even if that is your spouse. And, um, and then I'd also just try and remember that their drinking doesn't reflect on you. It's easy in marriage to start to believe that the other person and their behaviors and their actions are responsible for your happiness, especially when their behaviors and actions are making you unhappy. But the truth is that you're responsible for your happiness. And so um, even if you desperately want to control their behaviors, it's through acceptance, it's through grace, it's through not judging that you have the best shot of them encouraging and coming around to their own change. And it's through just honestly living this newly affirmed, positive, healthy life. I mean, they're gonna get a glimpse of that and, and that's gonna be the biggest motivator. So that's my advice there. Um, I will caveat this to say that if for some reason, I'm, I'm assuming that you're not in a relationship where your spouse's drinking is putting you in physical or emotional danger or your family in physical or emotional danger, if that is the case, this conversation becomes completely different because then they're actually imposing on your physical and emotional health. And that is a totally different conversation where you need strong, firm boundaries to protect yourself and your family. So um, I did not answer the question from that perspective, but I just wanna make that really clear that you know you definitely should not be a doormat if somebody's drinking is affecting you physically, emotionally, making you feel threatened, making you feel in danger. I mean, in those situations, I think part of the encouragement process is, is probably putting those boundaries in place to protect yourself. And, and those boundaries will help them kind of understand their own behavior. Um, Again, I'm not an expert and this is, is my opinion here, but that is what, what I think. 
And in terms of social situations, um, yeah, I, I totally get it. I mean, <laughs> I spent probably the first six to eight months trying to just do everything I used to do, which included staying up till three in the morning on New Year's Eve when I, when I was sober and everybody else was drunk and included going out to the bars after work dinners till all hours of the night because I was so determined to keep it normal and keep myself part of everything. But the truth is that when people who were really fun and engaging and people you love and, and care about and who are enjoyable to talk to start repeating themselves and can't stand up straight and their eyes go all funny and, and they start to slur their speech and their stories get boring and, and eventually they just stop making sense. The person you love isn't really there anymore. Um, alcohol has kind of taken them and, and that sucks and that's sad. But in that situation, after a while, I just realized, wow, this is not worth my time. You know, like I want to be here for people when they're sober and when they're tipsy and that's cool. But once it gets to that point where they're not even going to remember me because they're not even making sense and they're just incoherent um, and it becomes really boring for me because because you're not talking to anybody we're talking to anymore. You're talking to shells of people. And yeah, then I just have a backup plan. And often my backup plan is, you, you know, you can drive yourself. Um, my backup plan might be movies and Netflix and bed or an ice cream. It also might just be getting a good night's sleep for a really enjoyable next day. And I know these things, you know, compared to the party lifestyle sound less than fun, but let's be honest, like you're going to have memories of that night, memories that are good and fun and empowering and they're not. And so, you know, really you've got the better end here. You've got, you know, the, the better way um, for yourself. And I think that's, that's really important, but you should protect yourself. You shouldn't have to do what I did and just stay there for all costs just to make sure that you are still blending in because the truth is when those when people get really drunk they're just not fun to be around and it's totally fine to excuse yourself and you know again your actions in that regard are what really change and motivate the people that you do love and that you do care about and that you do want to spend time with especially when they're not drunk um, to to reflect on themselves and their own behavior so I hope this was helpful, Amy. And again, this is Annie Grace, author of This Naked Mind. I'm happy to attempt and answer any question anyone throws at me. And so please comment below or send me a message and I will keep answering them as long as they come in. Thank you. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com and please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.